yeah, motherfuckers. Welcome to the MHOG podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's the rum guy. I'm I'm, dying. I'm your host, the legendary Cuddle Bear. (laughs) And because Wayne isn't here, because Wayne is a bitch, we got Mott Madman Flanagan. What's up, Mott Man? Hot man. Yeah, it's all good, mate. It's all good. All good, huh? Okay. Wayne is sick. Like not just not just his general kind of sickness. No, he's uh he's got like a hundred two fever and he said he aches all over, so I don't know what Caitlin's been um doing to him. What a baby. I I don't can't disagree. He's God. He's been like crying on the phone, like I'm, I'm so sorry, blah I right now, right now. I have walking pneumonia and a gunshot wound, and I'm here. It does sound a lot like antifreeze poisoning. It does. It, it does, it, with, mixed with a little bit of shaken baby syndrome. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Um, yeah, all right, yeah. Let's, this, it's going to be that kind of show, folks. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's buckle up. Let's strap ourselves in. Um, try, try not to get nauseous as we ride. So, so Wayne is sick, and we have a band coming on in just a little bit that is, okay, I don't know if I should say it, because we're not really sure how to pronounce it. We think it's Ionia. <laughs> um, uh, if the gentlemen from Ionia come on and they say it is not Ionia, we apologize, but that's what but, it looks like. But I you know, uh, listen, other <laughs> not being able to pronounce their name because I'm I wasn't really good at at math. The music, the music is awesome. I was listening to quite a few of their songs and everything. Um, I, I saw that they uh, they're making a big uh, mark on in uh, Revolver magazine and and quite a few other different media sources. So uh, oh, yeah. looking forward looking forward to talking to these guys, seeing what they're all about. Right. Mr. Mart, what are you up to? Well, it's coming to one a.m. Well, twenty to one. Had a lovely day in the day job, and now it's uh, sitting back and relaxing for a little while, talking to you guys. Sweet. My question is, do you like the fish? The fish is amazing. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it is. For those of you that don't know, the run guy sent me a little package all the way from over there to over here, and uh, it had some awesome things in it, and one of which was a, a bass that fires balls at people, which has been uh, hijacked by my daughter. They're called bass balls. They are indeed called bass balls. That's awesome. I figured it would either be Vicky shooting you with it or or your daughter. Oh, I've been shot many, many times <laughs> with that. You also are now the proud owner of the most expensive MHOG t-shirt ever. Yeah, it's a beautiful t-shirt as well. <laughs> Customs was killer. I yeah. was like, I'm not, I'm not shipping cocaine. It's a shirt. It's a small yeah, I mean, box. I knew the customs charges were big, but fucking hell, dude, that is steep. It was steep. It was very steep, but that's you're worth it. You are worth, worth it. It, it would have almost been cheaper to to ship it in a vial of cocaine, like in a, in a just big cocaine it ship. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, you know, we could have. What's that? It would have been cheaper to fly over with it. I think it would have been. It definitely would have been. I mean, it was. Uh, uh, we got went to the post office to ship the box, and and Amy was like, "How much? It, you know, it was cheaper to ship it to Spain." Yeah, that's that like just across the, the towel as well. That's not far from here. 
Well, that yeah, because it's a small island too. You know, it's like you can walk across Spain pretty quick. Um, but the, uh, the 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 package, I was like, well, it was like, well, I want to ship it. I want to ship it here in 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 the UK. She was like, what's going to cost this much money? I'm like, whoa, fuck. She goes, well, do you want to ship it to Spain? I'm like, well, no, I don't want to ship it to Spain. I want to ship it here. <laughs> Then she was like, well, if you wanted to ship it to Paris, it would only cost this. I'm like, I don't want to ship it to France. Do you think I'm just going to take a little trip over there to pick Apparently, up the Apparently, she thought you could just jump in your car and go pick it up at their post office. Oh. Well, it's just a short swim across the pond. Yeah, yeah. It's like I could oh. probably, you know, I could have shipped it to Iceland for like 40 bucks. It's only like 22 miles across the English Channel to like mainland France. So, and then, uh, yeah. That's and I got to the front counter and then and all this stuff was going on, and she was like, "Well, well, let me ask my supervisor." I was like, "Why? Why are you going to ask your suit?" I said, "I'm not causing a problem. I was just, I'll pay it. I just, just let's do this." And then the supervisor comes up. She was like, "Well, he wants to ship it to the UK. Well, if you ship it here, it'll be a lot cheaper." I'm like, "Why would I ship it there? They're giving me all these other options." I'm like, "Just ship it to the UK, please." These are only problems that you have, Rome. Just so you know. I was like, "Can I?" You know, she go and then after that. It's like, I said, oh, what about the prepackaged boxes? You know, you buy the, 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 the post office box, you ship it, and, and it's like $7, you know, ship anywhere in the world, right? Well, we don't have any more of those boxes, so it's going to cost this. It was like, fuck me. Jesus, man. Well, that definitely would have cost you. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> it was really nice. It was like a nice little extra Christmas present for me. See, that's awesome. I'm glad you got yours before Mandy got hers. How does that work? She's like way closer. Well, he, pay, he, he paid a lot more. <laughs> I thought, like, yeah, it's your shirt. She goes, no, I haven't got it yet. I'm like, what the fuck? When Wayne told me, I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're well, worth Over there, you guys, I'll, I'll make sure I make it up in beer for you. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> or mojitos or whatever the fuck you guys drink. <laughs> drink whatever. Adam's not picky. He just drinks. He's just a... Yeah, I just I I honestly just drink drinks uh, straight turpentine. That's that's my drink of choice. In a dirty that's excellent way. because it can get drunk and you can clean engine parts at the same time. Oh no, I don't like manual labor, but thanks anyway. <laughs> I have no choice. Manual labor is my trade. Well, what, I thought you just like like dusted off computers and stuff. Um, I have to fix the shit. I have to oh, like so, so you sit down, strip it. And, and well, pull the motherboard out. Yeah, yeah, pull the motherboard out. But it's like it's bit it's drives. Uh, the 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 bit I fix is the, the PCBs, the, the circuit boards from drives like a, that run. I don't know, fucking conveyor belts and things like that. Oh. I thought y'all still worked on abacuses on in in England. What? I thought the, I, I thought you just worked on Tandys and Commodores. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Commodores haven't been around since uh, Lionel Richie left. Oh. That was one of my first ever like, home, home computers. I had a Commodore 64, and it was amazing. Yeah. Back in- that was the most amazing computer ever made. For those of you who don't remember Commodore 64s, you know you need to go find one and throw out your iPad, go retro, because that's, that is the way to go. And you can download old C64 games to the Nintendo with, from their like, online service. Really? And that's awesome. Yeah, as they were. Absolute dog shit by today's standards. <laughs> Pac-Man's more high-tech. Oh, yeah. Way more high-tech. So, Mr. Buck, Cuddle Bear. <laughs> yeah. What is going on in your world? 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be that kind of show. Um, <laughs> nothing much, just just uh, sitting at home, <laughs> waiting, waiting on uh, Ionia to uh, show up. But I did want to reach out to all the fans who showed up this past Saturday at the Twist of Lime. Uh, certainly want to thank the, the, the bands. We, we obviously had Resurrection Man was, uh, appropriately resurrected. I hear they're pretty okay. Uh, they're not the best musicians. They're just, they're not. I, you know, I hate to, I hate to, I hate to say that out loud. There's a guy named Joe Pain, Penis, Pano, Pan, I don't know, something. Pancrust. There you go. Joe Pancrust. Uh, some, like, French guy named Keith. Uh, or he might be, I don't even think he's French, I think he's French-Canadian. I'm he pretty could sure, be French like, Canadian. like the worst, the worst yeah. kind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A uh, guy named Eddie that I barely know. <laughs> anyway, uh, this bit's getting old. Yeah, no, uh, so Resurrection <laughs> Man came back, um, Dry Socket. Awesome. Uh, was there, um, and the opening act, give me a second, was Ghetto Demon. Ghetto Demon, Ghetto Demon. uh, run I was by. in that, I mean, I, I wanted to go see the show to see that band because I've never seen them perform before. How were they? Uh, they were pretty cool. Um, uh, I was listening to Pickle Scoop's review of it and Zar's comment because, you know, we know the guy that owns the bar, Robbie. And, uh, like, you met him, Rum, when we were uh, oh, yeah, there yeah, yeah. at, at, at ba- Babylon. <laughs> Zar's comment was, I was so glad to find out that, that Ghetto Demon didn't suck because <laughs> I really don't want to <laughs> piss that guy off. Um <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, he, yeah, that's a pretty good, you know, yeah. No, <laughs> no they, were, they were really cool, and people people really enjoyed it. But, yeah, all the bands really, really killed it. Um, Dry Socket, J.G. Dry Socket, uh, sort of, uh, he claims it wasn't on purpose, but he told us this was going to probably happen. Uh, he invited a couple of uh, his lady friends that uh, do not get along. And, oh, that's always good. And a fight broke out between them. Um, some body parts were exposed, as I understand it. I did not get to see this. Well, there, was a, there was a I very dark video of it. Yeah, I saw that video too, and I was mostly disappointed that what was on the tagline, I couldn't actually see. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, like, it's barely a video. Like, I have 20-20 vision. I have very good eyesight. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> it was a ball of pink on top of somebody wearing white or khaki. I don't know what that was. <laughs> if you can't tell the difference between white and khaki, it is not a good video. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he, he told us in advance that this would probably happen, but he claimed, no, no, I didn't know. And we were like, okay, whatever. But yeah, so a fight broke out during a dry socket set. Nice. Um, uh, Resurrection Man had a triumphant return, although I actually had to go on stage and uh, yell at them to give the fans what they wanted because they were going to go a whole show without Joe Pano going, yeah, yeah, there was going to be none of that. And What? Yes, and you can't have a Resurrection Man show where there's no, yeah, yeah, that's got to happen. That's part of, it's an established That's his catchphrase. I mean, he's like Mr. T without saying, I pity the fool. I don't even know if he speaks other than, than in Hetfield. I think Hetfield is the language. <laughs> so it is now an official language, I think. 
Um, I also, uh, my, my, uh, partner with Boom Photo Works, Fletch Boogie, was very sick and couldn't show up, but I set up the, um, the photo booth and took a bunch of pictures. Pictures um, look awesome. Thank you. Uh, I had problems with the backdrop, which are kind of annoying because it makes some of the pictures, like, less desirable to use as for advertising, but, um, we also had a very special host, Mr. Corey Mack. And that was interesting. Yes, because of the two incidents that involved nudity, uh, the one that I saw was Corey Mack's asshole. I saw a very, I got a very good uh, look at his <laughs> Colombian cocaine smuggling uh, hidey hole. And um, I'm assuming that this wasn't through choice. No, no. Well, no one knew he was going to do this. No one knew. He had his his Borat-esque um, onesie bathing suit. If you could even call Mancunian. it a bathing suit. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like... An over-the-shoulder G-string. It was kind of like dental floss that kind of wadded up at the bottom. Yeah, that's a mankini. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was wearing that underneath his clothing. No one, no one knew he was going to do this. And I happened to be on stage next to him as he was doing it. Yeah, it's never going to, like, there's no way to wash that out of my brain. What was the reaction of the people? To be completely honest, I have no idea. I was kind of horrified and mesmerized at the same time. (laughs) It was kind of like if somebody had had your loved ones at gunpoint. You know, like you, you just have like, <clears throat> like bullet vision, like nothing else would exist outside of that time frame and in that moment. Um, slows down, and the the true horror gets revealed second by second. Yeah, it, it lasts an eternity. Was he twerking? <sighs> no, thankfully, no. He just kind of rubbed himself on Wayne. That's funny. Thankfully, he didn't do it to me. So, and uh, by the way, I'm officially never going to have a birthday party uh, <laughs> after that. Um, and, uh, but people really enjoyed uh, his performance. Not not of that, but in general. People really liked having him as as the host. We were we were very pleased, and we had a great turnout. Like uh, the pictures looked like the place was packed. Yeah, there were about a hundred people, and in a club the size of of Twist, you know, that's a pretty pretty good number. Now, granted, I'm sure like the whole hundred wasn't there the entire night. You know, I know. Oh, Jack Locke showed up. Uh, oh, Phil, cool. Phil Doty showed up. Um, I mean, a lot a lot of people. We were we were very pleased. You know, the only thing that kind of it doesn't upset me, but I really wish. We knew whether all these people showed up because it was Wayne's birthday or whether it was because people have been waiting three years for Resurrection Man to come back. You know, um, I, I mean, not, I, you know, not, not, not to downplay the role that Dry Socket and Ghetto Demon had in the show. No, because uh, the, all the reviews I saw uh, of those two performances, they were freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, no, we, we had a lot of fun. Uh, people got very drunk. I was stuck there till 5 a.m. because, uh, Wayne left at 4. He left very drunk. Um, actually his mom stayed till about that time too. I think she might have left at 3.30. But his mom was there the entire time, saw every horrifying incident, heard every horrifying word, and sat there for roughly eight hours. Wow. That's a good mom. Yeah. I, well, look, I was there nine and a half. So. 
All right, you're a good mom too. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Rome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but yeah, I was there till till about. Well, no, I'm sorry, I probably left at like four forty-five. The reason is. Monty of Monty and the Mongoose's little show was there doing live art and he got very drunk and I didn't want him driving home. Well, that's very nice. It was. However, he was really hung up on trying to go home with my cousin or one of my cousins. (laughs) Uh, This is a distant cousin, by the way. Like, I don't really know her. I just know that we're related. And, um, he was very close to getting, uh, shall we say, a ride home with her, oh. from what I understand. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, who knows? But, but um, I might not. I probably shouldn't be saying this on the show. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. Anyway, you, could, you could be related to Monty soon. Uh, <laughs> as long as he's not my daddy, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> but uh, so he's hitting on on this woman for a good hour at 4 a.m., and I'm trying to just bring him home because, uh, as I told him, because he was like, thank you so much, dude, I was so drunk. He actually walked into a wall on the way out. Ah. He was like, I was so drunk, thank you for for looking out for me, and I was like... I've done that. I I didn't really do it for him. I just did it because I didn't want to have to tell his daughter that I let Daddy die because, damn it, I needed some sleep. Um, and that's what the MHOG, MHOG is all about. It's all about, you know... Getting some sleep? Getting some sleep, really. No, it's, it's about looking out for everybody and making sure everybody's safe and stuff. It's a good thing to party, you know, and, you know, Andrew W.K. said it, you know, you know, party, party hard. But you want to party safely, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in this country, my friend, it's all about drunken carnage. Drunken carnage. See, that's that's what I do when I'm by myself. <laughs> Well, there was plenty of, of, of drunks and carnage. Um, you know, I had, uh, <laughs> whatever. I had a, uh, quite a few drunken incidents that I, I told Rum this and, and Rum gave me some advice to handle it next time. But, uh, like there was this one guy, I had this really cool Iron Man shirt that I, I found at Walmart and, uh, it's, it said Iron Man in Spanish, which is apparently Hombre de Hierro. And, wow. uh, so I was getting off the stage during during Resurrection Man's set, and this guy who maybe he listens to the show, fuck it, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it was a nice guy, but he 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 was like, "Man, I really like your shirt." And Take I said, it off. I said, <laughs> no, thankfully that didn't come come into play. Uh, I said thank you, and he said, "Yeah, I really like Iron Man. I also like Batman and X Men." And Spider-Man, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And um, and then he went on and started describing at length this Spider-Man comic book from like a year ago that I own and have read, but he's discussing it in detail. And, and, and he didn't say spoiler alert, did he? No, no, he, he did not worry about whether or not he was spoiling the comic for me. <laughs> but I was really wanting to leave. Hmm. And uh because I just don't like listening to drunks talk. It's not fun, not when you're sober. Oh, it is. It's how would you know you've never been sober? <laughs> I don't know. You you just keep the anyway. So, well, if like, we stop, we'll get a headache. So, I couldn't really figure out how to politely tell this guy, "All right, I'm leaving now." So, I did something that I don't actually like doing. Like anyone who who really Make a phone call? 
No, <laughs> no. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm very uncomfortable with fist bumps. I'm just not a fist bump person. And when people go to fist bump me, I always kind of stare at them for a second and then do it just to be polite. You did at Jersey Shore. Okay, you will never say those words to me again. Uh, just want to make that clear. So, so, so I, I fist bumped the guy, like, cause I thought, I don't know what else to do. And he fist bumped me and then I walked off and I was like, all right, well, that worked. You should have made it really uncomfortable and just look at him and then hug him. Um, yeah. yeah What's your preferred method of, like, you know, egregiousness? You know, was it a fist bump, a handshake, a little cuddle? You know, what is it? Oh, you are the cuddle bear, right? I mean, you've got to live up to the name. Um, wait, maybe wait. You do, maybe, you do up, maybe you do like a standing spoon? I'm con- I'm really confused. What is the question again? I'm sorry. I'm like, lost. You know, some, people, some people fist bump, some people, you know, give each other a high five or whatever. What, what's your preferred method of that kind of thing? I usually just shake people's hands. That's, that's, that's what I was... Do you, do you like... Put your hand over the top as well. That's like a, a sign of dominance and power, or is it just like a, a little handshake? I usually bite them on the neck and take them to the ground. All, all right. Well, look. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> uh, we just got contacted by Omer of Ionia. Uh, they're they're ready to come on the show. Uh, all right. Cool. We, all right. Well, you get them on, and I'll be right back. <laughs> all right. You ready, Mark? Yeah, yeah.
Davis, the band Ionia. Yes, sir. Am I saying that right? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, so am I speaking to Homer? Uh, no, this is Blaze. Blaze, okay. Yeah. And? And uh, Vinny. Blaze and Vinny, okay. All right, well... I was a little confused because Omer's the person that's been messaging us, uh, so, so yeah. it's Blaze and Vinny, and, um... And so, Pete is here, Pete is here, and, uh, Omi is here as well. Oh, okay, so... Yeah, oh, so there's there are four of us here. Four of you, okay. Yeah. Um, alright, well, right now, my co-host, the rum guy... I'm back! He's back! He's back, he had to get some rum. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? How uh, are you, man? No, no, he, he probably had to use the bathroom, he's always got alcohol on him, there's never... Right. I'm sorry, I had to get another drink. He carries uh, his personal drunk tank on his back at all times. Good for you, man. Hey, you got a party where you can party, right? So party everywhere. Yeah, all right. there you go. I live my life like that. Now, I think we lost Mart. That's uh, all right. We'll get him back eventually. Right, right. So, all right. Well, we're already rolling, so um, let's, uh, you know. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the band Ionia, and I was saying it right, so I'm very, I'm very uh, glad of that. For you guys, uh, that is the rum guy, as I mentioned, and uh, on this show, I am officially Buck Lightning. So, uh, and we lost the Mart guy uh, from England. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, guy from England? Uh, he's, uh, he's a good Martin friend of ours. He's, uh, he's a lead singer for uh, Skeletal Damage out there in the UK. Oh, cool. Let's see if uh, we he, can He was him. actually wanting to really meet you guys, so. Oh, cool. Hopefully we can get him back in. So. Well, that's unfortunate. Hope he hope he comes back. Oh, he's trying. He's trying. We're trying. So, guys, uh, uh, tell us about yourselves, man. I mean, uh, I've been listening to the songs, and man, it, you have a great sound. Uh, how long yeah. have you guys been together? Uh, we've been together for about three years, like as an active band. Before that, it was just kind of a concept that was being kicked around um, with various kind of uh, um, different musicians kind of messing around with it. But uh, as a band that's actively been touring and stuff, about three years. Wow, okay. well, that's that's awesome, man. That yeah. is awesome. And y'all have uh, done some pretty impressive tours there. I saw that y'all did the Warp Tour. Yeah. Uh, Rockapalooza, I think I saw. I'm trying. I'm, I have a horrible memory. I'm trying to. Oh, it's, it's all good, man. They all kind of blend into one for us too. You're actually telling us stuff that we didn't know. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. You sound like you, you'd be right at home with the rum guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, actually, the room guy has an awesome memory. He's 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 smarter when he's drunk, which is all the time. So that's okay. awesome. It's like a superpower. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's, it's a kind of a shitty superpower, but I mean, I'll okay. take. It. So yeah. I was listening to uh, to the three songs that y'all sent us. One was Captain Humility. Another was uh, Hypocrite, and I don't remember the name of the third one. But uh, I I was really interested. Um, like later on when I when I looked at your bio, so that we wouldn't be completely uh, like poor poor hosts. Hissing in the wind. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do that anyway, but we tr- we rarely prepare. No, I, I I when I was listening, I thought that I could hear a. Li- I, I don't even know. I couldn't identify to you what it was, but I thought I could hear a little bit of Alice in Chains in your sound. And then when I looked in your bio, uh, y'all have that listed as one of your influences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we're, we're we're influenced influenced by a myriad of stuff, and I think that that uh, a certain amount of Seattle grunge is definitely in anybody who plays rock of our generation. It's kind of sure. like some of the maybe the training wheels of, of the beginner sense of the really dark sort of uh, really moody stuff that came out of the west the northwest coast scene. 
Um, I yeah. think we're all pretty into that stuff, but we're kind of omnivores when it comes to music. We we eat a lot of stuff and we kind of cover the gamut, you know. Well, you, you, when it comes to influences, it's not about you know sounding like your influences. I mean, you guys definitely have a sound of your own. By by no means do you sound oh, exactly like somebody. I mean, it it's a really really cool sound. I mean, you you you're at that. Uh, I I think uh, where you're at. In, for me, listening to it, as as a new listener to the music and everything, it's like if I, if I were to turn on the radio, I would have to stop and listen to you guys because you're not sounding like the last five bands that were just on. You're something different, and that's very cool. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we would we would hope we would we definitely. I don't think that we aim for really anything. I think that we kind of we're just uh, a bunch of guys who are huge music fans, and we try to write songs that that are genuine to us and try to just be real about it. And I think that uh, you know. People of our generation and people in general who get into music, I think there's a tendency to get a little sucked into whether it's a scene that you want to be involved in. And I know that I've been guilty of that or some idea of a, of a clique or, or some circle that, that exists within rock genre or pop genre or indie genre that, that somehow you want to emulate. I think sooner or later in your evolution as a musician, if this is something that is important to you, uh, you just kind of got to give up, you know, and learn to, you know, learn to just sound however you sound and be gentle with that. And that's kind of really important to us to just kind of come from a place of whether it sounds like something you've heard before or not, or it sounds like something familiar or something completely foreign to just sound like us, you know, right. reinvent the wheel or, or, or overthink anything, um, and there's also kind of you know there's an oscillation back and forth about that, you know. Well, it's it, it's good because it's it's like like you 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 pretty much just said it's it. I'm a musician. Uh, what our our host, one of the guys that uh, Wayne, uh, he's not able to be with us tonight, but he's he's in a band as well, and we've been oh, doing music for a very long time. What's your band? It, mine right now. I'm not in one, but uh, Wayne's is a Resurrection Man. Uh, cool. But uh, you're right. I mean. It, after a while, when you're young and kind of fledgling at the at the whole scene, you really do try to fit into a a niche. You know, you're yeah. trying to boom. But after a while, like you said, I mean, it's like uh, you develop. Uh, I don't even. It's, it's more like a, a fingerprint. It's not like anybody else's. If you're really into it, if you if you're just making the music from within and not trying to go out and hear somebody and go, shit, I can do that. Let me fucking do that. That's cool. I'll yeah. just change a couple I, notes. I think that it's important to start like that. I think that the Beatles really wanted to sound like you know Chuck Berry, and and they wanted sure. to sound like they they literally emulated their idols like Chuck Berry and Elvis, and then eventually you get to a point where you uh need to and even when they became a product because that's what happened first they became a pop product uh, right. and later on evolved out of that idea and kind of did whatever the fuck they wanted and i think that sooner or later especially in today's kind of crammed market of excess and uh musical products and then genuine musicians are kind of you know on one side of that musical products are on are, are on another side of that you know there's certain brands being created and then certain just artists trying to do their thing you know yeah. Um, and I think it's kind of a strange line to walk, but yeah, I mean, I think that they're, they're always, if you want to make something that isn't a product, I think that you need to go through those motions of figuring out who the hell you are and what music really means to you or what any art form means to you, uh, whether you're a director or you, you know, make 
homemade artisan sausage, you know, I think that sure. finding your, your particular tastes and your particular way of doing that, um, you know, is going to be your thing. And sure. I think that that's good because that's, that's a celebration of individuality and a celebration of the differences in this, the nuances of, you know, humanity. Um, yeah, I hear, I feel you. <laughs> what, uh, what's the music scene, like the club scene and, and playing like out where, out where y'all, y'all are in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it New York City or a different part of New York? Cause people, We're in New York people City. Are, okay, alright. Well, obviously there's a big music scene in New York City. It's, I know it's not a big town. I know it's, 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 uh, it's struggling, but I, yeah, I hear the music's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the great thing about New York, I think like any kind of hub like New York or LA or, or, you know, um, Austin or something, uh, or even Nashville is huge right now too. I think there's a lot of music and a lot of music coming through. I don't necessarily think that there is some kind of healthy music scene here that is based on community. I think a lot of it is somewhat clicky and somewhat, there's a lot of segregation of, uh, genres and a lot of segregation of, of, you know, what is really hip and what is really cool and what is, uh, um, and a lot of tastemakers here. And some okay. of that get kind of obnoxious because uh, I don't personally, and I don't think these guys do either, subscribe to that those ideals because I think that they're, you know, kind of bullshit. But I think that I don't think that this is necessarily a very good city for music community. Um, but I think it's a good city that you can go out on any night and see anything you want to see, and that's a great freedom to have. But I wouldn't say that there's. Uh, I mean, for us and uh, most of us have lived here a while. There isn't a very supportive scene, would you guys say? It, it's tough. There's, we're get, we're getting that information from a, a, quite a few bands from all over the place we've talked to. Uh, yeah, they're all, they're all coming into that same thing. It was like, you know, like uh, we had uh, Paul uh, Englehart was talking about that quite a bit. Yeah, he's up in the up in the New England area, um, and the uh, the scene up there has shrunk. Yeah, it, which is sad. You yeah, know? yeah, it, it's I, it's. People aren't realizing what they're losing, right? Uh-huh. And it, it, it's but what's well, is it seems that it seems weird that because a long time ago, uh, well, I'm gonna say a long time ago. I can't say that for for where you guys are at, Adam. So uh, the scene has had always been small here in Georgia, but uh-huh. it has now grown over the past eight, ten years. We've got we've got venues popping up left and right, which is amazing. And then I'm hearing all this other stuff about all the venues that I used to go to in all those cities, just like New York. I lived in New York for a little while. But to, to hear that, that it's kind of condensing and, and it is being ripped apart and put into categories, it, it, it kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it does. But, I mean, in the same sense of that stuff, you know, as musicians, you guys are musicians. We're musicians. We all complain about, like, some idea of the rock scene being, uh, like, shrinking and how sad that is and people are losing, like, some kind of cultural uh, paramount is being dissected and destroyed and, and sort of put into little boxes and neatly tied up with bows. And to a certain extent, we're, we're all sort of guilty of this thing happening. We all need to take responsibility of the fact oh, we that do. This, is, this is the evolution of, of the scene. And if, uh, and if the scene needs to be cultivated and grown in some way, then musicians need to realize that, it, that being a musician is in no way about competition. And it's in no way about 
peacocking for each other. It's about coming together. I, I, I know for me and these guys, I know we, we just fucking love music. And I'll go anywhere and watch music and support people who are making all kinds of music because I'm into it. But I right. certainly don't want to buy into something that, uh, you know, I'm only going to go where it's cool and I'm going to listen to somebody because even if it sounds like, you know, two dogs being murdered, but, you know, Pitchfork says that it's cool and that it's the hippest new shit, then I should buy it. Um, I think that's kind of ridiculous. And yeah. I, think that, I think that a lot of the faults of young people, and I know myself, I pick up responsibility for being part of that too and for contributing to the problem. But I think that we all kind of fall into these, uh, this ideologue that it's okay to, uh, um, I don't know, uh, kind of be really precious about stuff that, you know, like, oh, well, nobody's listening to this, so it's cool. And uh, if too many people start listening to it, then it isn't cool anymore. And that song uh, that we sent you, I Hate Long Pretentious Titles and I'm a Hypocrite, uh, is actually the, the, the topic is about that. It's about that idea of being so cool that you want to be underneath, you know, everybody's radar, but, but you also want to be the biggest thing in the world. You want to be you too, but you want to be super indie and have everybody be these uh, darlings to all these magazines that, that get to decide what is tasty and what isn't, you know, right. and then the general populace of, of you know, uh, uh, people who, who supposedly are celebrating some kind of individuality can buy into some idea and become just drones in a world where they're all kind of have the same mustache and the same tattoo, which is all kind of bullshit and it becomes the same thing, you know, <laughs> but we're all kind of guilty of these things, you know, um, I think that when people start just stop when people stop worrying about what is cool and do what's in their hearts, I think is when we hear genuine music. And you can hear that from pop music. You can hear that from classical music. You can hear that from, you know, uh, rock bands or from anybody. And if we want to, or, you know, us as a community, because I would consider you guys and us part of the same community, um, if we want to, you know, cultivate that scene and, and build that scene, then I think just by creating dialogue and realizing that, you know, none of this is supposed to be exclusive. This is an all, all inclusive thing about human connection and about bringing people together, you know? Well, that's what, that's one of the things we do. Uh, we do uh, a lot of show promotions and we get such an eclectic group of musicians together just to kind of put on a show, uh, do what they love to do and introduce them to, to, uh, people that may, you know, there's a lot of people out there who may not want to go to a rock show, but they come out and they're like, well, shit, that band's really cool, man. I like that. I mean, introducing new things and new ideas to people that are so closed minded is a nice thing. Then you can look at them and go, holy crap. They, they, their, their, their mind just opens up right in front of you. We've done so many shows now that with, with different, like, like, uh, Jack Locke and, Blind Texas Marlin and uh, Blind Texas Marlin's this really cool kind of folky funk type of a band. Uh, Jack Locke's kind of a he's he's like a fire on stage. He's like I, I don't know what he he's just amazing. Uh, cool. We've had hardcore metal. We've had a pop. It doesn't matter. We get them all yeah. together, and the amount of people that are so receptive to it when you just put it in front of them, they're like, "Holy cow, this is amazing!" Yeah. It's really yeah. really cool to get that type of vibe back. Yeah, and that, I mean that's awesome of you guys to be to be putting that stuff out there and to be getting that stuff out there because I think it's I think that you know grassroots grassroots movements and people like you guys who are actually introducing you know people to music now that you know radio is dead and MTV is garbage and and there's yep. no outlet for really uh, independent music and you know I think that the more you know warriors like you guys that exist that are exposing people to different stuff creates a, a more culturally rich environment. 
for everyone. You know? Yeah, that's what but, we want. but we also, uh, even more so than musicians, podcasters are are really struggling to make a name for themselves. You got to figure there's, uh, you know, the internet is just like uh, a billion drops of water. Yeah. That and you know we're we're struggling in the sense that there's probably three hundred thousand other podcasts out there, right? And we're trying, you know, and we put on a great product. I don't I don't make any bones about the fact that we have a great show. Like yeah, sure, okay, we have we have bad episodes here and there. Right. Uh, not uh, even bad. We have mediocre mediocre episodes here and there. Rum was talking about we try to put on shows as a way of cross promoting, and a lot of times it comes down to like, well, we also need y'all to help us as much as we're trying to help you. Like, and yeah. and we also we work with other podcasts. We often mention the Pickle Scoop podcast, which is another New Orleans local podcast. Who cool. you know we try to cross promote with them and various other ones, and and it's all about that because. You know, getting people to just listen to your your stuff. You know, music. I don't want to say it's easier because y'all have no, it's a, not. <laughs> y'all have a y'all have a lot of competition out there too. Sure. But podcasts, a lot of people barely know what that is. You know, so it you know it's really a struggle to get people to care about anything other than themselves, regardless of what your medium is. Oh, yeah, well, I'm sure. I mean, you know, I mean, there's just so much stuff out there. I mean, me personally, I listen to podcasts probably three times a day. I listen to Invisib- I listen to a bunch of NPR stuff. I listen to This American Life. I listen to uh, Dudes We Fucked, which is two girls who just talk about sex and, That's and the experiences that they've had. Um, I listen to uh, Invisibilia. I listen to Song Exploder, uh, which is uh, just a 15 to 20 minute podcast that a guy does about just tearing apart a song and talking about the production of that song. You know, I'm obsessed with podcasts myself. I think uh, it's going it's going more that way. Like you said, uh, yeah. uh, like y'all said, radio is kind of dead. Podcasts in that and that area, especially in this city, because everybody walks around with their earphones in and sits on the train and listens to podcasts. I mean, obviously we're in a bubble here, but people are kind of. It's kind of a hot new thing, you know, and especially with Serial and Serial being spoofed on SNL, like a, like a podcast being spoofed on, on SNL is kind of like, okay, this is definitely becoming something a, a mainstream phenomenon, you know? Yeah. Well, it's gotten to, like, I think we knew for a fact in 2014 that podcasts are definitely going to be the future when we saw the uh, patent trolls going after podcasters. Right. When lawyers have found a way to steal from, yeah. from uh, like the smallest of businessmen, it's a real business. You know, yeah, and really you're doing it right. So lawyers show up, you're doing it right. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, you know, y'all were talking about like the struggles y'all have with the music scene and people wanting just stuff that's cool. What we found, and New Orleans, New Orleans is a very unique town in that it does not function the way other cities do. Um, New Orleans. It has its own set of rules, and so what applies to us doesn't necessarily apply to other cities. Right. But uh, one of the things that we found is that uh, a lot of the people that are coming to our shows are the same people who want to be supportive, but uh, there's a lot of people out there who aren't interested in seeing music at all unless they know for a fact it's going to be somebody big or somebody that they just wouldn't get to see. If they know who you are, they don't care much because they think, well, I'm not insulting those people. I don't yeah. go, I don't go to every show that I should either. Sure. But, 
if if you don't if you don't support the musicians that are out there, you know, and it's not just music for us. We also uh, have comedians come out, and we want to be able to 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 show them that we appreciate the musicians and the comedians. And but if people don't come out, it's like, all right, well, here's your five bucks, and I'm very sorry. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, sure. You know? It's, yeah, it's all—it's all entertainment. I mean, and that's—that's yeah. that's what we need. We need more entertainment in our lives because, life, let's be, let's be honest, life reality sucks, and that's just what it is. And we need—we need a release. We need something else to focus. We need our theme music. You know, we need something to get us through the day. Uh, you sure. guys have—you guys have had a, a phenomenal 2014. What is on the uh, agenda for 2015? Uh, well, uh, we're getting ready to put out um, uh, a series of. Of EPs that we did with Mike Sapone, and uh, the first one's called Delta 32, and, and the series is called Postcards from the Edge, and um, we're putting that out uh, February 1st, and we're in the process of uh, writing some treatments and making some videos for those, and we're going to be putting those out. Um, I Hate Long Potential Titles and I'm a Hypocrite is the first song off that EP, and that just premiered on Revolver uh, yesterday, Omi. Awesome. And um, so we're pretty excited about that. We're going to, you know, uh, that's going to be up on iTunes next month. And uh, then we'll see where the wind takes us. You know, we're going to be playing some shows and doing some touring and uh, writing more music. And well, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's the life right there. And, Mark, uh, you back on? Just to yeah, comment, guys, on that, uh, on that one thing about, uh, you know, like, I, and I'm not sure who, who was talking when you said, I, uh, when you said I, I try to go to all the shows I can, but, you know, I, I don't go to all of them. Was that you, Rum, or, or that was Adam? No, no, that, that was, oh, that was you, Adam. Yeah, Adam, <laughs> like me, even you saying that, like, like I don't think that it's your guys's responsibility or anybody else's for that matter. And I think that, uh, but me personally, I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that it's nobody's responsibility to feed a scene unless they really want to. Unless you're really like, like, yeah, I mean, maybe some people in your town or, or some people in, in certain areas in America and all over the world only want to see artists that they really know or that they think are really big. And that's their, you know, that's their right. They can be into whatever the hell they want to be into. And I think that that's great. But, you know, I think that any of us who are, you know, not get, not putting seat, putting asses in seats at shows or, or whatever it is, maybe we need to, Figure out whatever that perfect storm is that makes, you know, people want to listen to your shit, you know, yeah. and that goes for us and, and anybody else. You know, we can all sit around and, and, and bitch about a diminishing scene or we can, you know, try to innovate and realize that, you know, evolution is upon us and people's brains are being racked with sort of this extreme excess of 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 entertainment from, you know, uh, podcasts and Netflix to to Hulu to, you know, movies to advertisements to YouTube to everything else to to the wide array of forever infinite, you know, Internet and beyond, you know, um, it's kind of like it's sort of, you know, on one hand, I, I believe that it's the artist's responsibility, you know, to if you create something really good, then people will show up. If you're giving, if you're creating a product that is, that is real and genuine and emotionally nutritious to your listeners or, you know, to the people around you, then sooner or later they're going to get that. And you don't need a scene as far as I'm concerned. You yeah. are the scene, you know? You are the scene. It's, yeah. well, what, what it's a good point because uh, it, it gets to the point where if you aren't putting artists on seats, then step up your game. Yeah. Well, what, what I'm saying in terms of me not going is that, you know, as a creator and as someone who wants people to show up to our stuff, 
you can't then be like, well, I'm only going to show up to my, my stuff, and when the people that I hope to support me do something, well, it's not my responsibility. No, it's not your responsibility, but it's pretty um, selfish to assume. Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, totally. I completely and, agree with you. And we're also a smaller market, yeah. you got to remember, yeah. whereas y'all, y'all are in one of the biggest cities in America, so right. if you don't show up to a show, in theory, there's, what, three million people? Yeah, or something like that. To yeah, but still, I mean, uh, you you can go to so many venues in this city and not a soul is in there because the band didn't promote. But I completely agree with you. I believe in supporting. You know, uh, and I don't even call our fans fans. I call them friends. <laughs> I, I believe in supporting family and friends. And and if I was in you know your guys's neck of the woods, and because we connected and you guys had something going on, I would be there without a doubt because I I believe in you guys and and I appreciate that you guys got something out of our music and I'm you know grateful for you guys taking the time to speak to us. And I think you always have to be humble and support the people who support you and have people's backs and be loyal to that. Um, I'm just saying on the other spectrum of that, you know, as far as fans or, or friends or people, if they're, if they're not, if they don't feel a passion to see something that you're doing, then the only person that can be blamed for that is us. You know what I mean? I, 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 agree. I, can, I can see what you're saying for sure. And, and speaking on that note, you guys, are, you guys need to take your sound to the south. You guys need, oh, yeah. to come down, oh, yeah. need to come through Georgia. We definitely can get you shows here. We can get you into anywhere. We can get you into New Orleans. You guys would be amazing down there, by the way. Awesome. Uh, I really yeah, love you guys. Yeah. A huge, huge thing for you guys, uh, at least venue-wise. I mean, people would just flock to it because you've got that sound. I mean, you've yeah, got you, and And real quick, I want to touch on something real quick. Your yeah. videos. Who does your videos? Because they're amazing. They're, they're like cinematic quality stuff. And I, 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 I was going to say I did enjoy the video a lot. Oh, yeah, they was really, really cool. Um, uh, I actually do them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I, I write the treatments for them, and then I direct them, and uh, we figure out, and we do them pretty guerrilla style, and uh, we try to make them, you know, we kind of look at videos as, as another uh, another opportunity to express ourselves. We're, we're, I'm kind of really against making a video where we're all just playing our instruments, because I feel like that's really ridiculous when you have an opportunity to use another uh, platform to create something interesting. Um, sure. And because a lot of our songs are very cinematic, like Captain Humility is about a superhero that we created and, and an idea. And uh, because of we kind of insert a lot of cinema ideas into our music, and it kind of comes full circle with us being able to make videos. So that's something that, we're, that I'm personally really passionate about. And we just started shooting one for one of the songs that's going to be on Delta 32. And it's coming out really cool. And we're going to do a video for I Hate Long Pretentious Titles and I'm a Hypocrite, that song that got sent to you yeah. uh, as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we try to – I try to make videos that um, that those last series of ones, the three that are out right now, they're all connected and they're all actually like a mini movie. They're, they tell a story from – Yeah, they one do. Thing I was going to ask about because uh, I was watching uh, They Look Like Big Strong Hands, don't they? Uh, yeah. Cats Melody today, actually. It's nice to see some continuity through the videos. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I mean, I'm an artist myself, and we've we've still yet to put out a video, even though we're sort of two albums deep. Yeah. And it gets to the point where we, we want to do videos, but like you say, it's the same old thing where you've got four or five dudes stood there playing their instruments, and there's no, no content. Right. Yeah, I, I think that I think that personally, like writing a treatment and and really working on it and looking at it from a cinematic point of view, I think is is it's an opportunity to do something interesting. And it doesn't have to be a linear storyline necessarily, but something that is visually enticing and unique 
because it's it's fun to do that, you know, and you're you're creative and, and you guys have put out two albums. And uh, like to me, I, I thought really overly ambitious about just turning an entire album into making a video for every single song and making it all kind of come together in one storyline that's that's very integrated into the music and which i guess is a rock opera and uh nothing that's necessarily hasn't been done before i think i, I love think that though the, taking the time to put that stuff together i mean for us the first video off of moral hazard for mutiny then i always kind of visualized there being two more chapters of that story and then the character dying i'm not really an egomaniac or anything i, I kind of want to use start to use more actors and create kind of storylines that go on within these videos and, and do animated videos. We're talking about doing some animated stuff for a song called Origins and, and uh, just kind of explore that realm because that's I, very you know, cool. there's so many great artists out there who, who are also either into our music or into different kinds of music and, and to kind of team up with them in different ways, whether it's merchandise or, or music videos and, and stuff like that, I think is really great. And it's, it definitely kind of whets your palate, you know? Now I, I mean I'm I'm a child of the uh, of the video era and yeah. uh, I remember uh, a couple of years back they kept saying the video was dead. I was like I please don't kill that because that is a, an amazing thing. I mean I I most of my fondest memories of learning about bands was when I was younger was actually seeing the videos. Right. And I I, I like you said it is an amazing uh uh format. It's it it tells another layer of that story. It's just I've I've said it on other casts that that it to me um something that always grabs your attention when 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 looking at albums or looking for something to buy is the cover art. You may not know the band, but it's the cover art. You by the way your cover art is awesome. Oh, and then, then the next thing is, well, uh, if I haven't got the album yet, let me find out something more about them. The next thing I always look for, do they have a video? Right. Let me find their video. And right. now I'm buying that album. I mean, yeah. it, it's got to, it, it, you got to keep video alive and, and you guys are, are, are doing it. I mean, the, the, like I said, the, the, the quality of it, dude, I thought, I, 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 I'm not saying that, I mean, you got, you were definitely amazing at it. Uh, I would have thought you hired this big time company to come in and do it for you, but man, yeah, you, yeah. you a lot of that is, is super. Like all of it is guerrilla style, you know. We we kind of put together people who we trust, and um, I have uh, my my business partner who I write scripts with as well, and me and him co-directed um, a couple of those, and then I did you know the treatments for them, and uh, you know we're we're really into that stuff, and we uh, you know for us, I think kind of having that control and that freedom. Because we're an independent band right now um, is really great for us, and you know, hold on we, to it as long as you can. Yeah, for sure. And we look up to the to people who are kind of unafraid to just dive into creating stuff and and just you know learning. I mean, we learn from trial and error, and definitely video shoots are not easy, especially you know with little kids on the set or you know a bunch of different moving parts. You know, it's definitely a different thing sure. than uh, playing music. You know, but it's uh, it's interesting. It definitely is. Skeletal Damage, uh, Mark, you guys definitely need to put out a video. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, just the lyrics in your, y'all's music is just, is, is awesome. Uh, I, I'm huge. I'm more of a, I love the lyrics. I, music yeah. is great, but I, I like to know, you know, the story in the music. I, I want to know. I want to take something from it. Sure. Uh, visually yeah, as well as, as mentally from it. Lyrics. I mean, as you know, I, I write the lyrics myself. Sure. But, uh, it's it's always been about emotional content for us rather than art for art's sake, uh, like so many other bands seem to be doing. But right. it's it, I think if if you've got the story there and you've you've 
got to tell a story to to make it connect with people. I think having a video in, as a companion to it, whether it be directly correlating to the song or a standalone video, as long as you have that content there, I think it's a good hook for people too. Well, people know it's being fake. And, and, and if, you're, if you stay true to what you're doing, you stay true to your lyrics, you stay true to the music that you're playing, it's going to come, it's gonna come nice across. Though. It's not going to look forced. It's not going to sound forced. Well, guys, um, I know y'all are, y'all are getting closer to your heart out. One of the things I wanted to ask y'all, where does the name Ionia come from? It's kind of complicated, but uh, I wanted a name that um, kind of wasn't connected to anything else, that didn't really sound like anything. Okay. Because then okay. we could kind of put our own, people could kind of get their own impression from that, but it actually means a lot, and to us, it means no single concentration of power. It means that it's not about any one of us, it's just about the music that we create collectively. Um, okay. It's not about ego, uh, but it's about the good parts of socialism. That ideology is kind of behind the name. It's also the name of the commune that I grew up in, in Alaska, that my parents okay. um, is Ionia. And um, there's a, a quote from the Cosmos that that book and there's this uh you know there was the greek isles and and the ionian area of greece that was called ionia at one point but um mm-hmm. there's the, there was this conceptual idea of a world with two continents on it and one of the continents was this big brother environment where everything was controlled what people ate what people read what people felt and uh it was this massive metropolis um and then the other continent was an island continent that if you could escape from this sort of prison environment and get to this island, uh, it was all refugees of art who lived off of art and exchanged art with one another and exchanged uh, their sort of the currency was ideas and their currency was uh, supporting each other and an exchange of art, music and, and ideas. And well, that's where I want to be. This sort of utopian idea of a society that, that, uh, that was called Ionia. So that's kind of, it sort of has a, a bunch of different meanings for us, but that's kind of the, the root of Amazing. it. Amazing. That's awesome. Ah, that's not that complicated. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really, very cool, man. Very cool. Thanks, man. Very cool. It's good to see a little ideology put, put back into music. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, for me, Mark, I grew up on, uh, you know, because I grew up so isolated in, in Alaska in the woods, uh, and we didn't have TV and we didn't watch a lot of, uh, we didn't have any television or any kind of feed from the outside world. I grew up on whatever my parents listened to, and I grew up in a, on a lot of protest music. And, okay. um, you know, from Bob Dylan to, you know, uh, Joan Baez to Cat Stevens to a lot of these stuff that my parents listened to. And I didn't know much about modern music, and I thought that, you know, living in Alaska when I was a kid, I thought Bob Dylan was in his 20s because I had no idea that he wasn't because uh, those were the <laughs> album covers I was looking at. Um, and, you know... Uh, I think that that influences the the lyrical content quite a bit. This idea that music should sort of, you know, this ethos that Tupac Shakur sort of had too, which is to sort of that music should be a catalyst for change and, utilis- and music should be a catalyst for, you know, evolution in a culture. And um, that's kind of really important to us in the song. Uh, it's, it's very important. Yeah. Definitely. Is. You can see that throughout history, the, the environment in which artists, in whatever form their media is, whether it be music, physical art, you know, or anything like that, it's always right. sculpted what they what they became. I mean, growing up, where I obviously in the middle of England, it's been it, the working man ethos. Uh, bands like Black Sabbath, you know what I mean, where it was people from the area 
you know, sure. the, the, dirty, the dirty grind of the working man. Do you know what I mean? Right. And that, that started yeah. what we became later on. You know, yeah, maybe, sure. you know, in different ways, but I can, I can see where you're coming from with your point. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all kind yeah. of products of our environment, and we, we try to bring a little bit of that environment into our music. when we. When yeah, we I think it. it's unavoidable, you know. It is. And I, I think that's great because you can, you can express that to so many people that, and, 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 and give them a little taste of something that, that a little bit of knowledge that, that you've learned and, and throw it out there and go, Hey, what about this? You know, let, right. let me show you this. And, and it's really great when, especially you guys are doing so well right now. Apparently so many people are, are becoming so receptive to it. And I, I, I'm really hoping, uh, that 2015 is going to be, uh, one of your best years yet. Yeah, well, let's hope so. It's going to be another year, so let's hope it's one of those. And I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot. And, Mark, just so you know, man, if you uh, want to collaborate on making a video for the band, you hit me up, man. Uh, we have a, we have a uh, photography and music video studio that I own here in New York City. You guys come here. We'll work on a treatment, and uh, I'll, I'll make a killer video for you, man. So let me know That's if you awesome. need help with that. That sounds awesome. If I can ever yeah. get the funds together to get to the States, then uh, yeah, I will the definitely States. hit you. Happen. Or we'll, we'll it's talk. like it's like a hundred bucks, Mark. I mean, just yeah, just these, up a hundred and get over here. What the hell? Get, just get in a canoe. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a short paddle. But I mean, you know, also also a lot of videos are being made. Um, you know, artists don't necessarily even need to be in videos. You know, I, I think we're going to do some videos in the future here that are just going to be actors, and we're not going to put the band in them at all. Um, I think it's important with with newer bands to to have the band members in the videos, but um, I also think it's important just to tell the story that that's the main thing. I got a buddy of mine who's uh, who just got the guy who directed all the Bonnie Bear videos. He's uh, he's going to be doing some videos for, for my friend, and, and most of this guy's videos are very landscape and they're very sort of dream dreamlike and uh, very spacey. And uh, but he's a great cinematographer, and he's going to shoot a couple of videos for him. Um, and that's really mm-hmm. awesome because his music is instru- instrumental music, um, and uh, it, it's really appropriate for his stuff. So, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to do it, and uh, I think all of this really comes down to an exchange of ideas and people connecting. And uh, yeah, if you guys ever needed help with any of that, let me know. I'm pretty into that stuff. Yeah, well, that's stunning. Thank you. So, what 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 tour dates do y'all have coming up? Where you where well, y'all we're, we're not on the road right now. We got a bunch of stuff to finish here, and um, we're kind of in between booking agents, so we're just playing uh, shows here and there. We're playing in Jersey and and locally on the East Coast right now, and we'll be back out um, hopefully in the spring or summer. Okay. And hopefully we'll be over Mark's way over the pond pretty soon in, in the UK. And, uh, Very cool. Yeah, and down right to you guys soon as well. So, um, Y'all had, uh, I think I had seen on, on your, your bio that y'all toured the Midwest a good bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't say a good bit. I'd say we've been there, you know, maybe a handful of times. And uh, we definitely like um, and have fans there. We sort of early on in our touring career and sort of um, in our blooming career, we ended up uh, touring with quite a few metal bands because okay. of just the people that we were associated with. And we are not a metal band, as you can probably tell. <laughs> right, right. But those fans definitely like us. It's also good because you get kind of thick skin when you get people who – are not really certain amounts of metal fans are very close-minded, and I think certain amounts of anybody's fans are sort of very close-minded. Some of them are. are. Well, I think uh, with metal bands or metal fans, excuse me, I think it's it's really the the fans that are into the more deep 
very specific genres that are a little yeah. close-minded. But I think the average metal fan is is for the most part willing to try things. And y'all y'all sound while you're definitely not uh certainly not modern metal. Y'all do have like some elements right. in common with like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s metal, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think that we're kind of evolving even further away from that. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge metal fan, but I, I just don't think that we were necessarily a metal band. And right, uh, right. Uh, I, I think that there are tons of, of uh, fans of, of metal or progressive music who are who are super receptive to us and super into it and super warm to us. And then there's another spectrum of that, and I completely understand them who go to a show and, and want to see one thing and can't ever see one thing, and I expect that. You know, and uh, I think it's made us stronger as a band to get a little spit in our eyes here and there, you know? Um, well, uh, if, if, if I were to put you, and uh, you're probably going to hate me for saying this, but if I were going if, uh, if to gonna, gonna put you on a bill with somebody, I would love to see you guys and uh, Bullet for My Valentine play. Okay. That, that's... I don't know why, but I can, just, I, can, I can just see that as a really good show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, and I don't the music, your music isn't the same by any means, but I think the balance would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think that that could work. I mean, I like I like bills that are incredibly different, and uh, um, that, to me, that makes for a better show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm totally with you there. I like Bullet for My Valentine, and, and they're good, and they're very uh, different than us. So yeah, they are. They're probably work. They're definitely. I mean, they're they're not they're not uh, uh, number one on my iPod, but. Uh, <laughs> You definitely are now going to probably be in my top ten. Nice, sure. Well, we made the top ten. I would have well, said. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm just I'm 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 a you know I am I am a metalhead. Yeah. You know. Don't but, get too excited. Hansen occupies the first nine spots. Well, <laughs> oh, no. well then we're in good I, company. I would have said the best band would have been Coheed and Cambria. Oh, Co- yeah, because that would be an awesome one. Coheed and Cambria. That'd be yeah, fucking amazing. They're awesome. That was one of my first shows. Those really? Guys, yeah. I wouldn't say it's the same sound, but you've definitely got the same sort of vibes, Coheed. Yeah. Well, it's, that's, it's, yeah. I, I think oh, that's for sure. And, then, and the next time you're on, uh, you had mentioned Bob Dylan. I have a, if, if, if we can ever get you guys back on, I know you're going to have a really busy year. I think it would be great to get you back on to, oh, to, love, yeah. to see how things are going and everything. I'd love to tell you the story. I have got an amazing story about Bob Dylan. Cool. Um, when I, when I met him, uh, it was uh, Bob Dylan and, and funny enough Willie Nelson. Uh, That's awesome. Really, really those, are two, those are two serious heavy hitters right there. Yeah, in, interesting show, uh, interesting after party. Yeah, you all bet. Smoky after party. Smoky after party. Rum lost his virginity to Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I respect the hell out of you because we should all be so lucky to lose our virginity to Bob. Dylan. Yeah, he kept he kept singing Rolling Stone as as it happened. It's he still has flashbacks. Yeah, Leah Cross, my big brass band. Well, it's better than the bare naked ladies or or or, or Matchbox Twenty, I guess. I hear you. Yeah, but <laughs> Match. What happened to Matchbox Twenty? Who knows? Who cares? I hey, I mean, they're still. I think uh, you they're know, still Rob Thomas is still doing stuff. They actually really? have some some song that I heard while I was in Costa Rica that I thought was really cool. Oh wow! I uh, yeah, they're on the radio. Yeah. Like, Ago. I think uh, I think they called it quits for a little while and they reformed not long ago. Yeah. So wow. Rob Thomas was busy doing doing other stuff. I think uh, you know, like going back a little bit, I think it's really cool that uh, that y'all you know y'all, y'all went to some of those so-called flyover states a little bit because it feels like, especially when you get to cities like say New York or L.A. 
it seems like there's a lot of performers that have this sort of like negative response to those areas and it's like that's that's they call it the heartland for a reason there's you know there's a lot of fans out there who are a lot more receptive to different different ideas and different forms of music and 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 art than people in larger cities tend to think and uh i I think it's really cool that that uh y'all are one of those bands huge music scene in missouri i i kid you not i was freaking surprised at the amount of uh uh, the different types of music scenes that were in missouri when i was like holy cow i mean i i thought missouri the only thing i was thinking was like country i'm like no there's freaking rock. There's pop. There's indie. There's I mean, there's everything out there. There's a lot of a lot of really good folk music coming out of Missouri, which uh, yeah. strangely enough I really like. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the cities that that you think wouldn't have the scene are now having it, like we had talked about before. And the cities that have it have have gotten so like we said, closed minded about things. I mean, it, it's interesting. It's like there's a there's a shift in the dynamic here. Yeah, which is which is weird. Well, I, I don't even know if it's I don't even know if those people are necessarily closed minded. You get to L.A., you go play the whiskey or something, and you have less people than you have in some podunk town in Utah. Sure. I think I think part of the reason is because fans in the middle of nowhere who don't get as much stuff are hungry. They appreciate. They are hungry. Appreciate right. They're they're just glad to be out of the show and glad that you came to their town. And it's a it's a really great feeling when people come up and and thank you. Like you know, I've had. You know, 70-year-old dudes come with their 14-year-old daughters to a show, and the 70-year-old guy come up to us and go, you guys are great, and thanks so much for coming to the town. And, I mean, that the, no one's ever going to come up to us in New York City and go, thanks a lot for coming to our town. Yeah. <laughs> They're just not going to say that. And you get to L.A., and, you know, there's not going to be any, you know, people coming up to you and saying, hey, thanks for stopping in L.A. I want to know more about this 70-year-old guy that has a 14-year-old daughter. Kudos to that guy. Uh, well, I think I was just that. Fourteen-year-old granddaughter. Oh, daughter. Yeah, sure. I think that's really cool. The 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 fact that there's a band who don't just play major cities. Do you know what I mean? Everybody goes to the major cities. We see it over here a lot. It's just like Manchester, London, and then Newcastle up on Tyne, and that's it. Whereas we we play every grimy hole that offers us a gig. Right. And you like you say, you get some of the, the best audiences. For sure. I, I think it's cute I mean, that Mark thinks there are major cities in Europe. <laughs> That's adorable. That's adorable. That's no, for, for sure, though, Mark. I mean, I think that's what it is, though. I mean, you know, if you're willing to go, you know, I mean, you, you uh, I mean, you grew up, you grew up in a big city, Mark. You grew up in. Uh, in... I grew up just south of Manchester, so. Okay. Uh, a little, so you're a pretty close. Working class town. It is a, a pretty tough little town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up. I grew up literally thirty miles from the cl- the closest gas station and and uh, you know convenience store where we would rob candy and stuff like that. So there wasn't a lot going on in in anywhere over there. And you know, when there was a show, uh, every young person was there because you know it's something. It's, it's awesome. It's something to go some live music. Definitely. You know, in, well, where I grew up, it was just factories. It is yeah. literally just factories. <laughs> And when there was a decent show, people fuck, and that's what you need to put on. Right, for sure. Who's dying right now? Well, yeah, who's, that, that's who's, my pregnant, like my pregnant wife. Your oh. pregnant wife is dying. Yeah, she's having a good you still talk to us? I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're doing show good. some compassion, Ingley. 
Yeah, show some compassion, goddammit. Are you okay, my beautiful flower? <laughs> there you go. She's giving him the finger right now. Empathy. You don't want to know where the finger's going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the freedom of podcast. Oh, man. Well, I, I know you guys got to head out and everything. Yeah, we're going to bounce. But, thank uh, you guys so much for having us. It was, it was awesome speaking to you guys. Oh, thank well, you for thank coming you. on. It's, it's nice. To, it's, it's really good to have a band on here that, that's got... Uh, it's got a, a, a brain behind it. Not saying I'm not knocking anybody else that's ever been on this show, but you guys, uh, you're intelligent musicians, which is really nice. Rob oh, actually so hates all the bands. <laughs> uh, no, no, we, we were very, uh, we were very uh, appreciative of y'all coming on, and and we really do like y'all sound. I'm not, I'm not a metal guy personally. <laughs> I know, I know uh-huh. we're a metal hand of God, but it's not <laughs> metal, metal guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so having something a little more eclectic. Um, and again, like, like Rum said, no offense to the other people, you know, but it's just not me. So, uh, it's, it's really nice to, uh, actually be able to discuss with y'all music in, in a way that I can understand. Thank you so much, man. Thank you guys so much. All right, folks. And that that was the band I own you. All right. Uh, thank you guys. I hope 2015 is definitely your year, man. Thanks so much, guys. You too. All right. right. Have a good one. We'll do. You too. Yeah. All right. I think they kind of hung up. Uh, well, folks, uh, like I said, that was the band Ionia. Uh, we had a few Skype mishaps there. There was one. I don't know if, if anybody else picked it's it up. Not, it's nice that Mark joined us. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm very glad that Mark joined us. <laughs> yeah. Mark tends to be showing up more than Mark does these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you know, it's, it's the problem with, uh, well, two problems, uh, in Skype, yeah, a little bit, like, I, I, I always hear you very clearly, but I guess, you know, your name's Martin, and, you know, they, I guess, over here, Mart, you know, Mart is short for Martin here, too, but it's a less common name, so I think people, like, Mark is, we need to get you a nickname, we'll just call you, like, we'll just call you Magic, oh, Skip. <laughs> I like Skip. As long as it's not Matt Johnson, I'm happy. Uh, what if we called you Harry Potter? Fuck you. <laughs> but you know what? Your your lovely lady's behind you. I don't know if you should be tossing that around. I, I think that already happened. That's how she got pregnant. Hunger Games on headphones, so uh, I'm I'm happily uh, flying solo. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, Skype. Uh, yeah, did y'all hear when that when their freak out happened? When uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if uh, if Mart, if you caught it, but you like it was like your your uh, what you were saying froze up and then suddenly unloaded at the same time they were trying to talk. Yeah, it, it just sounded weird. It went really quiet this end, and then everything came in at the same time. Yeah, yeah. it was weird. So that's <laughs> Skype. But yeah, they were really cool guys. I'm glad. Like I said, I I was a little concerned. Uh, I'm always a little. And not, it's not on them. The truth is, is that whenever Wayne books a band and I have no idea who they are, which is most of the time, I, I panic a little bit. I'm always afraid that they're just going to be dullards. And we've been pretty lucky. Like we haven't. I don't think we've had anybody uh, awful. We've had I a think few. The only, I think the only dullard we ever had was that that band Skeletal Damage. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I, I'm going to defend Mart here because this poor man, it's, it's 3 a.m. or some shit like that. And, 
Well, you know what? You guys need to get on the right time zone. I don't know what the hell's wrong with y'all. <laughs> Uh, and that was really cool yeah. of, uh, you know what, the, the, one of the reasons that I hate having more than one band member on at any given time is never who the hell we're, know who the hell we're speaking to. I think it was Blaze is the yeah, person we're speaking to. Yeah, um, yeah. it was really cool of him to offer to, uh, to help you, you guys do a video if, if we could figure that out somehow. That, no, that would be really cool. I mean, like he said, I mean, you guys actually don't have to be there. They, you just throw them out the concept and the music. Uh, they they would do some shooting for you and throw it back at you and then you approve it. I think that would be a really really cool thing for you guys. It was cool as fuck considering the work that looks like that's gone into their videos. And I did have a, a really good look at what was online. They the the, the quality of the videos, like you were saying, Rum, is fucking good. It is really good. It really is. And you know what? And I would do for you for your video is I would fly to New York to to do the video for you. Thanks, Rum. That'd be awesome. That would be good, and it would be me walking around like New York, like like lip syncing skeletal damage music, and just doing really crazy things. That's what I'd do for you. I've, I've got a few ideas, funnily enough, but it's, oh, I, uh, I'm sure you do. I'm keeping it dumb. I've got a good concept for the next video, but it's going to be difficult. <laughs> well, I, think, I, I definitely think it's something you guys need to do because I I think it would be great. Uh, you know what? You, you guys should walk around with a freaking camera up there. You know, and, and just just film like just film some stuff, dude, and, and and do do something just as a concept video, and and just throw it out on YouTube, just to see how the reception. I have just purchased a GoPro, so well, uh, go. I'm going to be playing with that. You know what I think you should do? I think you should go out to a playground, like a children's playground, and film five minutes of children playing, and just play your music over that. I, I think you should attach the GoPro that. to your zipper. And then go to the playground? No, that's a horrible idea, Ron. You could be arrested. That's a very different video, Ron. <laughs> um, you know, uh, earlier we were talking about, um, you know, people showing up for other people's stuff and, and being supportive. There's two things I want to mention uh, that'll be – actually, it'll be this Saturday. One is that if you go to BSI Comics, our, our good friend Tim Laddie, his, his first national – book is out now I mean night stars is technically you know uh, free to go anywhere and he's 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 had it in new york and what have you but idw is one of the bigger comic book companies out there and tim is the artist for a book called creeple people which i think he's mentioned on the show before i'm not positive. He did. yeah i've been uh, following that on facebook actually it looks like a really good comic uh well the art's amazing I haven't read it yet um I've I've seen I've seen the whole issue because he showed it to me when he was done with the first issue now granted that was pre pre coloring but you should have um, stole it I really like like his style as well oh yeah he's got I really kind like of, uh, he's got kind of an American manga thing going there I like it I like it he he, he is an excellent artist uh, he he does really good work and I I respect him for his dedication to what he does. I mean, he's, he actually did the first two prints that we we've had. Yeah, so I mean, he's 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 really really good. Well, uh, he's going to be at BSI Comics because Creeple People number one de- debuted uh, today. Actually, the day we're recording this Wednesday. Huh. And uh, if you're in uh, the New Orleans area, BSI Comics is out on Severne Avenue. Go out; he'll be there from ten to four, I think. Go. He, he's doing commissions. He'll be signing books. It just go out, hang out with him, talk to him. He's he's a really good guy, and uh, 
we, we appreciate all the times he's been on our show, much like we appreciate Mart staying up late and helping us uh, interview a, a band such as it was. The other thing that I want to mention is that uh, another group of supporters has been the Pickle Scoop podcast, and three of the members of Pickle Scoop, that's Zartome, Mayday, and Ali and Morena, they are a band called Zombies Eating Sheep. I don't know if you call them a band exactly. I think they do something a little more uh, electronic-based. But they're they're a musical act for certain. And Saturday night at the Twist of Lime, I think it's $5 to get in. They they have a show. I will for certain be there. Go see Zombies Eating Sheep. For name alone, you need to buy a T-shirt. Right. Talking of past guests and artists, doesn't a certain Mr. Ted Wally have something he's just released? Yes, um, uh, you'd have to go back pretty far to hear this story. Um, to one of the first times Ted was on M Hog, but Matilda. yeah, Ted did Matilda quite a while back. But after Katrina, I believe, or something like that, he lost all the original pages of art, so he was unable to simply print more <laughs> more copies. So because he is a adult and has to have a job that that actually pays money Sucks. he's he's been he's been slowly re, rebuilding the first issue redrawing it you know and he does it all himself it's not he doesn't have a team and he finally finished the first issue it is available on Amazon uh that's Matilda yeah, is it on Comicsology soon to be available according to the good Mr. Wally Nice. Okay. All right. Well, that's another place you can you can you can find it, and it's Matilda M A T H I L D A. Uh, Matilda, the forces of evil versus the third grade. So uh, he hasn't uh, he hasn't had the money to print it out as a, a regular comic just yet. But the good news is that it being available on Amazon and eventually Comicsology, that means everyone within the sound of my voice can actually download it uh, and. And support him, and well, uh, we need to get Ted back on the show and talk about this because it's his 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 style of art is completely different. Uh, he he's got I look I look at Ted's art kind of like um it, it it's it's old school and it's it's just reading the comic it's kind of like a it, it's 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 like a nightmare really it's it's a scary little Ted's, comic. Ted's style of art. It reminds me of the old Tank Girl comics. It does. It does. That's that's that old school influence. I think is it's it's really really cool. Uh, d- people definitely need to check it out. And I would love to get Ted back on and talk about what he's doing with it and where it, where that's all going. Well, I do want to mention that um, our next print, when we can get the money together, is going to be drawn by Mr. Ted Wally. Mm. Excellent. And uh, it's something that I'm very excited about. I really really want to see it done. And actually, he might only draw. Th- Three quarters of it. Vernon's. I'm, I'm thinking of asking Vernon Smith to draw the Ooh, top. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of asking him to draw the top section, which was actually uh, Ted's suggestion. But uh, I don't know if I should say it on here just yet because who knows how long it's going to be till it happens? Because we're we're all pretty broke right now. But um, but uh, I'll be very excited to see that. And um, yeah, we we'll we'll definitely try and get Ted on here. I think the the problem is is that. He's really, really busy, and with his class schedules, it's kind of hard, you know, to 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 get him on. But uh, the, I think the last one he was on was actually our hundredth episode. I think it was, yeah. So that's yeah, that was a good episode. That was fucking college. 
Yeah, that, and that was about 20 weeks ago, roughly. At least, yeah. And uh, don't forget, uh, coming up, uh, too, I, I will not be on a couple of the shows that we'll be doing, uh, MHOG will be doing. I will be in Mexico, but I will be recording, and we will have some MHOG uh, episodes coming to you almost live from uh, Mexico and a couple different places. So I'll be awesome. sending that out. Mm, he's abandoning us. I am. I need. I need. Yeah, I need to. I need a little bit of me time, guys. I need to decompress. I need to uh, find my my uh, Hispanic roots. <laughs> the whitest. Dude, I haven't been on the holiday since two thousand three. Hmm. I I haven't been on vacation since two thousand three. Well, yes, you have. Cry me a river, Angley. You you went you went to London. No, I didn't. Didn't you? No. Well, you went to Manchester. That's like up the road. That's like well, going that's to kind of like a vacation. It's exactly the same as London without the big clock. The only time I go anywhere is when the band goes somewhere. So well, I there see you like, go. It's like a vacation every other weekend. I see highways, backstage, the venue, and then yeah. highways. Then. There I go. I'm an English again. <laughs> there I go. Straight up the road. <laughs> There I go, Vicky is coughing and I don't notice. <laughs> it's also impeccably timed coughing, I think. Well, awesome, guys. Well, I guess we should clear this, uh, finish this up. I'm trying to think. Oh, I do want to mention uh, on Friday night there is a wrestling match, Wildcat Entertainment, W-I-L-D-K-A-T, uh, is having a big show. I think it's at Meisler High School in Metairie. Nice. I'm going I'm to be there. It's ten dollars. We're we're trying to get. Uh, we're having a little. We've had a few scheduling problems. I'm trying to get the guy who runs it, Luke Hawks, who's a who's a wrestler. He's he's been wrestling Booker T. I watched him personally wrestle Hardcore Holly, one of my favorite wrestlers, awesome. uh, a couple months ago. We're trying to get him on. If if y'all love wrestling, you know, go check him out. That's Wildcat with a K. Sports and entertainment. So we need an MHOG wrestling match. I will actually be talking to him about when we when we actually get to sit down. I do want to talk to him about something in that vein. Not it won't exactly be you know like uh well actually who knows maybe we can get Wayne to wrestle somebody. I ain't doing because it. you know just just saying since I am a, almost a dead ringer for The Rock. Oh Jesus, that's it. I, All right, folks, we're done. <laughs> Keep it metal. Thank you, thank you, Mark. Thank you, the guys in I. I can't name all of you. And thank you, the rum guy. Hey, anytime. And uh, don't forget, everybody, to keep it. Okay. <laughs> all right.